Well, hello and welcome to the bonus episode of the Going Beyond podcast. I'm psyched you're here. For those of you who have been listening continuously, you know that we have been building up to this live podcast event that happened on October 17th here in NYC. And for those of you that are new and tuning in today, you might see that we have several seasons under our belt of this podcast, but the live version was one of our newer initiatives. And I'm super proud to say that the live recording of this podcast was a huge success. It was hosted by my friends over at Athleta, um, particularly in the Athleta Flatiron studio. I was joined by the founders of Cora needed. I had my friend Kathleen Booker, the Jedi of Calm with her amazing breath work and the also one of the co-founders of The Well. The conversation was super powerful, literally surrounded and circled by women who were all somehow fascinated by wellness, by innovation and curious about how these women are putting their unique mark into change, into advocacy for women through owning their unique place in the world, um, embracing their health through nutrition, through the products they use, and how we're empowering other people to discover their own approach to health and wellness each and every day. The energy was just palpable. The conversation was better than I imagined. And honestly, it just felt so organic to me to share this conversation live with people. For those of you that know me, I thrive around people in real time. Um, What I love about the podcast is that I get to record a great conversation and share it. But how cool to be able to bring women together, have a conversation, talk, hug, take pictures, and then record the whole conversation and boom, share here on the podcast. So, so much goodness. I'm super grateful for everybody who was involved and made the night come together. If you would like to see pictures, head over to my Instagram. Uh, My handle is at Randy Zinn. Check out our pictures. Head over to Facebook. We'll have a photo album there. You can get a feel and definitely listen to this episode. It's unique. It, It just kind of captures the good energy that I believe is captured here on the Going Beyond podcast, but brings it together in a whole new format. So enjoy. I feel like this is my gift to myself and to all of you listening and share this with your friends who are interested in wellness because there's a lot of great information here. Also, we are working on the next live event that will be held sometime in early February. So stay tuned. You'll be hearing more about that. And until then, enjoy this episode, give it some love, share it around, and enjoy. Take good care. Bye. Welcome to the first live Going Beyond podcast event. I'm 
really just so excited and this group feels so good that's here and I know that when eventually people listen to this episode um, they'll somehow through the audio waves feel that there was an amazing group of women here <laughs> participating in this conversation I trust that I'm Randy I think most of you know that I'm the founder of Beyond Mom I created this podcast from a very vulnerable space, <laughs> which was pregnant with my second child and desperately wanting to retain quality, inspiring, meaningful discussions from a quiet, kind of hibernating sort of space. So really, this podcast was born with my second daughter, my second child. And from that inspiration, has come some of the most profound, beautiful conversations and connections that I've ever had and could ever have imagined. And I've met women that I never thought I'd know and gotten to know women I knew, but learned whole other complete sides of them by creating this platform to have these authentic conversations. So this podcast really has become one of my happy places. <laughs> so to bring it into a real live form felt like this right next step, some way that people could really be part of the conversation and witness the inspiration and the connection that happens, that frankly happens with me, myself, at my computer, and the person I'm talking to. So those of you that know me personally know I thrive around people. So this feels just right. So thank you for being here. And if you're tuning in, I thank you for listening. So I am going to start by a very important list of thank yous tonight. Um, my first big thank you is the continued love and support from Athleta. Um, this has been a, a long and beautiful relationship for me. I've been a proud ambassador for several years. My book launch party was hosted here. Um, this is truly like my second family here at Athleta. Um, and it just felt totally right to do this moment here. Athleta is giving you all a special gift tonight in your gift bag. So check it out. Another second important thank you goes to my friend Mark of Mouth Media. He's our media sponsor and friend and recording this conversation. And he also has a very important gift for all of you, which we'll be announcing after the fact in a newsletter that you'll receive. You won't want to miss it if you've ever thought about a podcast for yourself. And I know many of you have. So huge thank yous to our key sponsors, Cora, Needed, the beautiful Alana of Stylish Spoon, who I think has taken this event by storm with her delicious <laughs> snacks out front. A huge thank you to Michelle Rose, our beautiful photographer. And our gift bag sponsors, Vital Proteins, Almeida, Equilibria, Definitely Needed, Cora, and of course, The Well. You're going to have a gift you are going to be so excited about in your gift bag from The Well, and you're going to be learning a lot more about The Well from Sarah tonight as well. So lots of gifts coming your way. Don't leave without your gift bag. So now back to the audio portion of this event. Okay, it's important that I introduce these amazing women to you. I really wanted to first express to you why they're here and what this is really about. 
this is not arbitrary, this group of women. I really had an inspiration in mind for a certain kind of conversation that would evoke the power of health and healing and empowerment as almost like the seed for all of the shift that I think many of us are hoping for, for women overall. And I really started to meditate on that concept that there's so much going on in the news. There's so much uh, that we feel in the pulse of our culture for how women can empower themselves more deeply. It can happen physically, mentally, spiritually. Uh, We want to take back so many of our rights, reclaim them. And I've always felt inside of myself that change, especially for women, happens one moment at a time, one light at a time, one meal at a time, one supplement at a time, one product at a time, um, and one choice at a time. And when this idea started to shape for me, I started to think about who is at the forefront of our culture change and who is living it every single day. And when I started to hunt for that group, this is the group that happened. So I feel so privileged to have gotten to know them more than I already did. The prep that went into this discussion today, wow, like Eileen knows who works closely with me that these conversations, I was scared. I wouldn't be able to show their brilliance in an hour. I won't be able to, but I'm going to try very hard. There's a lot of magic here, a lot of brilliance and a whole lot of commitment towards bettering the lives of women. So I'm going to do a brief introduction and then we're going to get into the actual conversation. So first I'm going to introduce Julie Sawaya. So Julie is the co-founder and co-CEO of Needed, a women-founded, thoughtful nutrition company on a mission to create broader nourishment through better supplements, fundamentals-focused education, and community. Needed focuses, this is my edition, but she knows about it. Needed focuses on how to add joy and nourishment to your body and to your life, not focusing so much on what to remove. And I really love that about Needed. Jumping to the end over there is Sarah Halleck. And Sarah is the co-founder and COO of The Well, which has become my living room. (laughs) It's a modern membership-based wellness club designed for busy urban professionals in the heart of New York City. The Well recognizes both the benefits of Western medicine and the wisdom of Eastern healing and has built a science-backed ecosystem for wellness. We're going to talk a lot more about The Well. Next is Molly Hayward. Next is Sarah. Molly is the visionary founder of Cora, the modern women's wellness brand, focusing on period products, whose mission is to revolutionize the female experience by acknowledging the power of female bodies and providing healthy, thoughtful ways to care for them. And last, but definitely not least, (laughs) is my friend Kathleen Booker. Kathleen is passionate about conscious, connected breathwork therapy and knows firsthand the energy, healing, peace, and joy it creates in one's life. As a certified and insured breathwork coach, she's worked with many masters in the field of conscious, connected breathwork therapy, and I have been in the midst of Kathleen's work repeatedly um, and been transformed. Um, She's truly a channel for spirit and the gift for all of you when we actually turn off the record to our live audience will be a breathwork experience with Kathleen. So it's good stuff. So let's dive in, shall we? 
So I'm sure many of you are wondering, you're sitting here looking at this group of four women who have literally committed their lives to health and wellness in some way, shape, or form. And most of us know that there's usually a reason why, a story in. So I'd love to ask each of you to give your why. Why why wellness in some way? Do you want to start? Sure. Sure. So one of the earliest memories I have as a child is having a dad who's a cardiologist become diagnosed with type 2 diabetes when I was around three or four and have just tons of salient memories of him injecting himself with insulin. And um, it stood as a really stark contrast between um, his way of kind of living that um, I think had adapted while he was in med school of moving away from preparing his food towards eating more convenience foods and just the general kind of standard American diet. It wasn't even probably particularly abnormal um, in the context of our broader food culture. Um, of course, I didn't know that quite as acutely as I do now, but really from a young age, I became interested in nutrition and health and saw the connection between the two as really important and loved cooking growing up and ended up after college working in finance and found myself spending all of my free time trying to keep myself well while working 80 to 100 hours a week. And what I turned to was yoga, but also what I ate and and the food that I prepared and brought into work every day um, wasn't always able to, you know, fix dinner at home, but but I could at least guarantee that what I was eating during the day fueled me and made me feel well. And I ended up spending free weekends doing nutrition certifications. And um, it became clear to me that I was spending all of my free time and really where my passion was, was in nutrition and that it would be crazy not to follow my intuition. I had no idea I would start a nutritional supplements company until... Three years ago, I didn't even take nutritional supplements. Um, I was very much and still am a believer that food comes first. Food is the best source of nourishment, but realized through my own nutrition journey that unfortunately the reality is that oftentimes our food isn't enough to meet our needs. It's a combination of factors, the toxins in our environment, the way our food is grown, the way food's prepared, how long it takes to reach our plates, and it was eye-opening getting my nutrition levels tested, realizing that supplements were needed, and I won't go into it too much because I'm sure we'll cover it later, but coming to that realization that food isn't enough, supplements are needed, the next step for me was, was to find a way to make supplements that actually work in the body like food, that don't work like most supplements, and that led me to start needed. Thanks, Julie. Kathleen? My life sucked. <laughs> and um, I was really tired of it sucking. And I was very complacent, unbeknownst to myself, in the suckiness of it. Yet I, I knew that there was something more, but I didn't know what the more was or how to get to it. And I read a lot of books. I went to different churches. I participated in different self-help groups, you know, personal dynamic, uh, those places. <laughs> and I still wanted more. It, it wasn't it. And how this showed up in my life was I had no money. 
I never stayed at a job longer than a year, two years, maybe three, and didn't deem myself worthy of having a job that fed me. Woo! So through my searching, I wound up at this school where I was introduced to breath work. And of course, I was like, can I curse? Yes. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, hell no. Um, however, the breath kept pulling me forward. And what it was that the breath was offering me the opportunity to be, to heal being raped by my father as an infant and as a toddler. Take a breath on that because that's my story. Take a breath. Yeah. And the breath just kept pulling me. So I did get certified and uh, my teacher became my client and still is my client. And I get myself to unfurl breath by breath, right? I get to watch others unfurl, thrive, flourish with the breath. So I I know very intimately. And life doesn't suck anymore. (laughs) I like me. I make money. (laughs) I have friends, you know, authentic. And I I really have a relationship with me. So I'm on a mission to touch, move, inspire, and support other women to unfurl. Because who runs the world? Girls, girls, right? So that's how I got into wellness. Thank you. Molly? You know, I think my why is sort of multifaceted, but it starts really, I think, with the belief that women inherently have this incredible innate natural power, and we embody this um, timeless wisdom, and to be able to access and understand that and know that intimately and have relationship with that, with our bodies, is a magical experience and wanting to help create access points for women to better understand their bodies, better care for their bodies. But really it started with a much sort of bigger goal or bigger problem, which was that I learned that girls all over the world miss school during their periods every month because they can't afford or access a safe or healthy way to to manage their periods. And so Really, for me, when I learned that, I was in Kenya and um, spending time there and getting to know all of these girls for whom they were the first in their families to go to school often and making immense sacrifices in order to do so. And yet there was this aspect of their biology inherent to them that was preventing them from being able to actually realize their goals and and to go to school and um, for me it was this moment of incredible connection and a feeling of empathy and a realization that you know this is a common experience of women this is a universal experience and yet you know we are all so disconnected from it in so many ways and you know for for um a girl in a developing country or or even in in our country actually you know it's 
it's a lack of products, but for a woman who maybe can access products, it might be a lack of connection to that experience. And um, even a, I would say, often a very negative and damaging relationship to her body because of the messages she's received about what that experience is and how she's supposed to feel about it and think about it. And so for me, the big why was really to create a brand that would um, be an access point for women to use better, safer, healthier products first and foremost, of course, but really I kind of see Cora as this vehicle for kind of infiltrating that experience um, that has been, I think, really, um, really subverted and demonized for many of us, and then to use that as a um, catalyst for providing products to girls in need. So um, we dedicate um, a significant amount of our profits from every sale to providing pads and health education to girls in Kenya and also in India. And we've provided 10 million pads at this point to um, girls in those two places, as well as to women and girls here in the U.S. And it feels like we're really just getting started, like great, you know, healthy products are sort of the tip of the iceberg in many ways in my mind. But I feel like, you know, the big why is that expanding consciousness of all of us and that creation of an interconnection between between us wherever we are in the world through this experience thank you sarah hi so i've been on my wellness journey for a long time now but i would say about 11 or 12 years ago i started experiencing just a number of health issues i had massive anxiety my hair was falling out i couldn't sleep I gained 25 pounds in a year. It was like clockwork, two pounds a month, two pounds a month, and 25 pounds. Couldn't figure out what was going on. I was seeing doctor after doctor, my gynecologist, my GP, top endocrinologist, and everyone said that I was fine. They were willing to give me Ambien for sleep or um, Xanax for anxiety, but everyone just said, you know, I'm fine. It wasn't until I continued to see doctors that I discovered that I actually have an autoimmune disease. It's called Hashimoto's, and it affects your thyroid, and it's incredibly common. About 14 million people in America have it, but women are seven times as likely to suffer from Hashimoto's, and it often goes undiagnosed. So when I discovered that it was an autoimmune disease, I decided I really wanted to try to treat it holistically with diet and lifestyle. At that point, I was kind of disenfranchised with some of the Western medicine and and sort of the treatment and care that I, I wasn't getting in two years of that. So I started seeing an acupuncturist. I started a meditation practice. I changed my diet. I was eating gluten-free, which is, I'm so excited about the stylish spoon. Um, Started eating gluten-free and dairy and foods that were causing inflammation in my body. But I was still sort of running all over the city trying to get well, and my practitioners weren't talking to each other. So my MD wanted me to take a script or wanted to write me a script and my acupuncturist wanted me to take herbs and I was left in the middle trying to figure it out and I still wasn't feeling great. And I remember thinking at that time, you know, why can't I get these practitioners to talk to each other? Why is this so hard? And I remember I even put some of them on email together and like it was just they just didn't want to talk. They were, you know, one was very far western, one was very far eastern, and they, there were a lot of egos. There's a lot of reasons why they didn't want to talk, and so that was the beginning of why can't I have the best of western medicine and the best of eastern healing? And so that was sort of the nugget for 
the well. At that time, I ended up leaving my career. I'd, I've been in marketing and branding for about 20 years. And I went back to school and I did a course at IIN and at Duke Integrative Medicine and became a health coach. And I started working with people one-on-one, but always knowing that I wanted to scale and I wanted to reach more people and I wanted to be part of an ecosystem and I wanted to be part of a more integrated model. And so that's really where the well comes in, which really is bringing together the best of Western medicine with Eastern healing of acupuncture, yoga, reflexology, meditation, all in one place and having your doctors and your practitioners have conversations and listen. And that's actually what was really interesting was that I was finally working with a doctor who listened, right? So my labs were normal, but I still had all these symptoms. And so my doctor said to me, even though your labs are normal, I'm going to treat your symptoms. You do have thyroid issues. And so it was like such a radical thing at that time to me to say, oh, okay, he actually sat with me for an hour and a half and kind of figured out what was going on. And so that was sort of the beginning. So I always say getting getting sick is sort of the best thing that ever happened to me mm-hmm. because it got me to really start to invest in my own wellness. Thank you. So you can see that there's a variety of stories here, all coming from a little bit of frustration, a little bit of discomfort or a lot. And all of the amazing things that can be born from that space. So I started out this conversation by talking about this idea of something that's radical. And we kind of named this conversation around this idea of radical. And to me, radical means that you're somehow shifting the conversation. You're creating enough of a shift that people are noticing you for being just a little bit different. And I think we can all say that across the board here, we have that. So I'm going to start focusing a few questions for particular people here on the panel. So first question, I'm going to um, ask first Kathleen, and then I'm going to ask Molly. Um, this has to do with What do you really see the connection being between women's wellness and change in culture? What is that bridge in particular? I'm very fascinated by this because we want culture change for women. But what is it about embracing our health in particular that can really transform things? Can I go first? Yes, of course. <laughs> Kathleen goes first. I wanted you to. I, they did call me Chatty Kathy when I was younger, so you can tell I, I talk a lot. It's important for women to stand in their power. It's a matriarchal world. Every single culture is a matriarchal culture. However, we women, we are natural caregivers. Natural. So before I take a sip of water, I'm going to make sure my baby has water. In my case, my babies have fur and four legs. So I will make sure the water is changed in their bowls. And I'm in a situation now where I am a caregiver. That's what we do. And We put ourselves off before we take care of ourselves. We'll go shop. I'll I'll call it myself. I'll go shop. I caught myself one time. My mother had just had two brain surgeries. I left my husband to go stay with my mother. My mother lives in Queens. I was living in Brooklyn. I was shopping in Brooklyn. I was shopping in Queens. I was cooking for my mother. I was cooking for my husband. And I wasn't eating at all. So we don't even put ourselves on the list. Another thing that I think that we women do unconsciously, and it 
chips away at us is, you know, people say things and we'll just, oh, that's okay. They're having a bad day. And we take it. And that all gets caught in our body. And it shows up as brain fog. It shows up as not sleeping. It shows up as no focus, no concentration. But we allow ourselves to give ourselves away. And then we allow little pieces to be chipped off unconsciously, thinking, well, it's no big thing. However, we get to bring our, all parts of ourself back to ourself. All parts, all of our energy back to ourself. Who runs the world? We do. And when we take care of ourselves, look at what we can do. We give life, we feed, we nourish. We get to do that for ourselves. And I feel breath by breath when we take care of ourselves, what we put in our body, where we go to take care of ourselves. We flourish. We blossom. We thrive. We unfurl. We're standing in our power, the power that Course in Miracles, I love to quote, love created me like itself, then I'm giving fully from my overflow, not from a just full glass, not from a half full glass, but from my overflow. And from that, we feed the rest of the world. And we awaken women and we tell people, you know, no, you don't have my permission to speak to me in that manner. And we take that piece of ourselves back and put it back in our heart. How do I even follow that? <laughs> you can, Molly. I so know you beautiful. can. <laughs> you got it, girl. You know, what it, what it makes me think of is that idea of, of wholeness. I think that is so related to what I was referencing earlier in sort of that way of trying to help women reintegrate with themselves. When, you know, when we have a perception of ourselves of any part of ourselves that is negative, it, you know, it fractures us from, from who we really are. It fractures that relationship and that sense of well-being. And I think for me, in you know, the world that I live in and, and sort of play in day in and day out, it's always been centered on the feminine cycle. And you know, periods are sort of the most visible manifestation of that. But when we have this perception of an aspect of ourselves being, you know, painful, negative, a nuisance, something I want to hide, something I want to cover up, something that I find disgusting and wrong and want to suppress or or completely eliminate, you know, what does that do to our consciousness in general? What does that do to our feeling about ourselves and our wholeness and showing up fully formed and perfect as we are. And so for me, I believe very strongly that any sort of change, any cultural shift, it starts with the individual. It starts on the individual level. And one of the most amazing things that I've heard from women in the core community is, you know, I used to hate and loathe my period. And when I started using your products and I would get my subscription box in the mail every month, it was, it felt like self-care. It felt like I was actually giving reverence to this incredibly sort of profound aspect of who I am and my body and all of my body's capacities. And now I actually look forward to getting my period. And, you know, I just 
extrapolate that forward. And I think if the next generation of girls coming up could start that way with that mindset, that changes everything. That begins a movement and a revolution. And I think it's, again, coming back to that place where we feel our power. We feel it coming through our bodies. And um, we can look at what, you know, what our bodies do and what our bodies have the capacity to do. And we, we realize that that speaks to all of the power that we have. And that power is what we can take out into the world. And so I think in terms of shifting culture, it really, to me, is wellness of spirit, wellness of mind, and feeling that wholeness. And then you can go out in the world and do the shit you need to do. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Molly. So, Sarah, tell us, you sort of started to go there. You were, like, ready to keep going. So now I'm going to tell you, keep going. Tell us more about, you know, we're talking about this shift of mindset around wellness, around how we can begin to experience our our bodies, our mind, our community in a different way and make change from that place. I know I can tell you how I think the well is doing that, but you're part of creating it. So tell us a little bit more about What's going on inside those walls and why to you it feels like the beginnings of a shift where you want to see it in the world? Yeah, absolutely. Our mission is to help people take greater agency for their health. And that is kind of a radical idea. I mean, historically, we've really relied on doctors, practitioners to tell us what to do, and there hasn't been a lot of transparency. I mean, at least in my case, I know when I was being misdiagnosed for two years, it was really scary because I'd grown up thinking doctors have all the answers. And I started to realize that there was something wrong, but these doctors were telling me there wasn't anything wrong. And that was a really scary place to be. And I really had to become my own, my own advocate. And it never occurred to me that I would be the one advocating for my health. And so that's really what we're doing at The Well. Every single member has a dedicated health coach. And that health coach, one of our health coaches here today, Katrina, hi. She's my health coach. Um, Oh, that's so great. (laughs) And, you know, the health coach is on this journey with you. And we actually sit down and spend time. And whether it's our health coaches or our doctors or our Chinese medicine doctors and listen to to what's happening. We want to understand your symptoms. What's the cause of the symptoms? Let's peel this back and get to sort of the root cause of what's going on. And that's how we're going to be able to treat. And so our doctors and our practitioners and our care team every week get together and they review member cases and they have conversations. So how would an Ayurvedic doctor approach this? How would an MD approach this? How would a health, what would a health coach do? What would the movement team do? And so they all get together. And then as a member, you're presented with a protocol that works across modalities. And so I think that there isn't a one-size-fits-all model. And as, as a health coach myself, if you, you know, you're never at a shortage for a conversation at a dinner party because people are like, you're a health coach? Oh, my gosh, what should I eat? <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, tell me everything I should do right now. And it's so, like, I wish that I, I could. But what you realize um, pretty quickly is that everybody is different. And there's this idea of bioindividuality, and that's something we really focus on at The Well. So someone like me, my business partner, um, Rebecca, I don't eat gluten, and we joke that she she eats all of my gluten because she eats bread for days, but I don't eat bread. So it's 
for me, it's, it doesn't work in my system, but it's great for her. And so everyone is different. And that's true even when it comes to wellness. And even if you have the same goals to lose 10 pounds or to get to the gym a couple of days a week or to sleep better, the way you get there for each person could be drastically different. And so that's, I think that that's really important is for you to be on this journey with your health coach, with your practitioner. And a lot of doctors, unfortunately, and caregivers really don't want you on the journey with that. They want to tell you and prescribe what you're supposed to do. They're not interested in really listening to your symptoms. You're in and out of your doctor's office in 10 minutes. So to sit down with a practitioner for an hour and talk about what's going on and really listening to the symptoms is really special. Thank you. I could say a lot more, but we'll we'll do that later. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Julie, so you enlightened me in our conversation to prep for this panel. There was so much that you brought to light about what's not happening in the health space, in the medical space for women in particular. I asked you the question, why are women not stepping into their health? You know, some of us are, but... Why, as a whole, are so many women misguided or unclear? And I thought you were going to say something totally different than what you said, but I think what you said was incredibly important, so I'd love for you to share. So I think, I think it's many-faceted, and from my perspective, one of the major barriers for women feeling empowered, like Sarah, you going into your doctor's office and having your doctor listen to you, we're all aware that there is a gender pay gap that's been well documented. It's something I think societally we're hopefully making progress towards, but we have a lot of room for improvement. And likewise, there is a gender health research gap. Mm-hmm. So historically, the vast majority of research on, you know, that landed us in our current paradigm of how do you treat diabetes, how do you treat any number of conditions, were generally done on men's bodies. So pharmacological studies looking at dosages of, you know, different drugs, all of it done on men's bodies because we have cycles, because we have much more nuance, I think, in general to our bodies, hormonally and otherwise, that there has just been a lack of, a lack of, and maybe it was not poorly intended, but a lack of research looking at women's bodies, looking at conditions that disproportionately affect women like Hashimoto's, women's specific issues like endometriosis and PCOS and some of those underlying hormonal issues that, you know, can lead women to struggle with infertility and later in life hormonal issues. And I think starting from a place of how do we close that gap get the research that we need so that women can feel empowered and their doctors can feel empowered to treat women is at least a place to start and needed. We are, we're fundamentally a nutrition products company, but we believe that, you know, really our mission is to empower broader nourishment. It's so much broader than just biochemical nutrition alone. A big component of feeling nourished and really feeling empowered to take control of your health is understanding the research. So we try to help people to parse through the nutrition information and health information that's out there on PubMed and that you can get through you know, a consortium of health practitioners. But how do we make it easier for people yeah. to understand the medical literature that is out there looking at women's health? And then also with our products, how do we support really meaningful research looking at 
nutrition as a way to improve women's health. And so we're in the early stages of partnering on some clinical studies doing that. It's amazing. I didn't know that. I mean, that's what I found so interesting. It's like we can talk about broken systems, but we don't always know the root of it. So fascinating to learn. So I thought that we would, on a a very basic level, because all of you have so much knowledge, ask for each of you to give your top few tips for the person that wants to embody better wellness in their lives. Who wants to start? And say who you are. So when people are listening to this in a recording, they know who's speaking. Kathleen Booker, also known as the Jedi of Call. <laughs> Seriously, take a breath. When we breathe, and not a shallow breath, but really a three-part breath, when we breathe fully, we are oxygenating our blood. That blood goes to every organ, every atom, every nook and cranny of your being, your body, and nourishes you. Also, there are medical papers being written that have been written that now with breath work, they find that we create new neural passages in our brain. So that way, we create new habits in our life as opposed to doing the same thing over and over we're able to get off of the hamster wheel and create new habits in our lives so breathe deeply get support even Jesus had the apostles (laughs) so you you know and whatever works for you Um, however get support you know a wonderful place like the well while you're menstruating Get support. Put something healthy in your body. Putting healthy vitamins and supplements in your body. And breathe. As you're breathing, you are releasing cortisol from your body, that fight or flight. And you just increase a good feeling endorphins, which helps with digesting your food, which helps with eradicating brain fog coming from your heart being connected to higher consciousness. It's, it's a win-win. And plus, you know, you get to keep living. You know, the more you breathe, <laughs> you're living. So take a breath, I said. I'll pick up on what you said. This is Sarah Halleck from The Well about support. And while they might not be the apostles, um, I do think <laughs> community is key. We know that we're twice, twice as likely to achieve our health goals when we have community support. And so whether that's this beautiful community that is beyond mom that, Randy, you've created, or something like the well, not, but really, whatever it is, I think finding that community and a trusted community of people that you can really respect but that are doing their research and doing their homework, and so it's a trusted voice and a trusted community. Yeah, I love that. We, we at Needed call, call our community one of fellow learners, so that includes practitioners, that includes women at you know, many different stages of their life. I'd say you know, finding that group so that you know you're not alone and having that mentality of wanting to learn and wanting to, wanting to learn more about just individually, like tapping into what works with your body and, and what maybe doesn't. And this is Molly Hayward from Cora. And I would just, um, I would say for me, it's about getting into alignment, not on a physical level, but getting into alignment with my spirit, my soul, my heart, whatever you want to call it, however you identify with that. But I have found over years of trial and error that 
when I do that, the physical pieces follow. I'm more likely to make healthier choices. I'm more likely to invest in my own wellness. I'm more likely to seek out ways to take care of myself. Um, so whether that's breath work or meditation or making an appointment with a practitioner to seek help and support, whether it's journaling, whatever it might be, I, I think that piece can lead and open up so much more because we feel we feel the trueness of who we are and that I think leads to that sense of wanting to care for the temple. The body's the temple, but you know, you go to a temple to worship wor- worship something higher and that higher thing is you, is the bigger you. Thank you. So I would love to welcome questions from our live audience. That's not something I ever get to do on the podcast. (laughs) I'm by myself and it's all my own questions. So please don't be shy. We actually have a little bit of time for this. So this is the question, Mike. Don't have a stampede, but (laughs) would love to bring some questions to light for these amazing women. Don't hesitate to march on up to the mic. (laughs) Who's going? This is a safe space. This is a safe space. This is the beautiful Meredith. Hi, I'm Meredith. Uh, My question is, when starting your wellness, spiritual practice, your business, what was that first step that you took? Did it come about organically, or did you wake up and you're like, I'm starting this business, I know what I'm doing. How did you take that first step? Okay. So for me, my rotator cuff tore and I had jury duty for six weeks. And during that entire time, all I did was cry, ask God, is this it? Talk to God, say, what else is there? Cry, do breath work talk to God, cry, do breath work. And there was just, I'm being very honest, and there was just a moment when I heard very clearly, and I know that everyone here in the live audience and listening, you've experienced that where right in my spirit it was, you're to go and teach breath work. You are to go. And when you hear it that way, you follow. And I did. And um, on April 4th, 2014 at 8.32 a.m., I pressed send, said, see ya. (laughs) And the next week, I was teaching breathwork at a maximum security prison, Sing Sing Prison, to 13 men. Wow. Wow. That's that's a hard one to talk, but... uh, Right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We all seem to say that after Kathleen's... (laughs) Totally. Um, This is Julie from Needed. I had a sense for a few years that I wanted to start a company in this space, but it was really meeting my co-founder and feeling like I had a kindred spirit. Our mutual friend, Courtney, is here today, so she can attest to how wonderful my co-founder, Ryan, is. But I think back to the point about feeling like you're not alone, I think that's what I really needed to take that next step in starting a company in this space. I knew I had the passion. I knew I had, you know, the wherewithal to figure out how to do it. But I think having a partner that I could rely on and who had complementary skills to my own and very aligned on the values perspective, I think was huge for me. I mean, I would say like it's the, it is that moment of intense inspiration. Like I've often said, like I just had this feeling that I couldn't not do it. There was nothing else that I could imagine doing. And once, you know, once the idea was there, once the 
the whole thing started to unfold in my mind, it was like I, it was like I couldn't unsee it. I couldn't unsee the possibility. I couldn't unsee the sort of the the connection that I felt to it as a as a real calling. It's a winding road from there, but that's <laughs> it's a good place to start, I think. This is Sarah from The Well. I had already been on my wellness journey, but I hadn't yet aligned my career with wellness. I was in marketing and branding, and I was on a on vacation, and I literally woke up in the middle of the night and was like, I want to open a wellness center. And I remember waking up my then partner, and I was like, I'm going to start a wellness center. And he was like, how are you going to make money? And I was like, I don't know. I'll figure that out later. And he was like, okay, go back to bed. But it like, it just, it came to me. And then I got back to New York. I quit my job and I enrolled in IIN and started health coaching like right away. I mean, again, it was like really winding from there, but it, it was like something that just kind of took over. Next question. Hi, everybody. I'm Sophie. Um, Thanks so much for hosting this. It's been amazing. As a fellow business owner that empowers women in the health space who's just starting out, um, I guess my question is, I know that we all just talked about how we got started, right? It's it's amazing to hear that. But along the way, we hit road bumps, and it's a bit of a roller coaster owning your own business, right? So I'm wondering if you have any advice um, for female business owners and in this space, how you get through those bumps and maybe extend that even just to any female who's hitting a bump in their, in their road. How do you get through those tough times? This is Molly at Cora. I would say without going into specifics of the road bumps, and there have been many, I think the, the lesson that I keep coming back to or what seems to consistently show up is this idea of you have to take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. Taking care of yourself first, I think, makes you less likely to make those big mistakes because most often, I believe, the mistakes come from not being in touch with your own intuition, not being in touch with your own needs, not being honest with yourself about what feels right or wrong, and all the way down to just how you show up every day. And you can't show up as you know, a leader or just a great teammate if you know, you're tired and burnt out and you have been neglecting your own well-being. So I would say that piece is a good way to avoid them. I'm going to piggyback that. This is Kathleen Booker, uh, the Jedi of Calm. And uh, I'm going to say when you start your own business, it's not for the faint-hearted. You have to have a titanium-covered uterus and ovaries. (laughs) And we can Um, tell that you do. Yeah. Because, I can curse, right? Yes. Because all your shit is going to show up, and it's going to bring cousins, distant cousins, and aunts and uncles. And there is a willingness that will pull you forward because some of the aunts and uncles and distant cousins, that shit that's been buried deep and in order to unfurl and flourish, you're going to have to shine the light on that. Be willing. And that's how you move forward and thrive and get support. Get a coach Get an advisory board and take care of yourself. Sleep, drink water, and cry. There's nothing like a sisterhood, right? Because it's your girls that you'll call and go, I can't believe I didn't get that fucking proposal. (laughs) You know? 
Get your, your tribe. And don't be afraid to share. Don't be afraid to share. Speak about what's going on. I'll comment as well. Well, congratulations on launching your business. And again, I think the support, for me, I have two business partners, Rebecca Park and Kane Sarhan, and that support structure is everything. I mean, we have stood on a mountain of no's for one yes. You know, that was sort of, we have such thick skin. Early days, we pitched the well to many, 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 many people, and we're told they don't get it, it's too complicated, it's too expensive. But there were people that said yes, and it took a while to raise the, the money that we needed to build, you know, 18,000 square feet in Union Square. But that support structure and whether or not it's a co-founder, like in my case, I, I feel so fortunate to have two amazing partners. It could be a coach, a breath worker, someone like y- you have to have that outlet and that person's going to like walk you off the, the edge, you know, because it's, it's one of us always walking each other off off the ledge on any given day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is Julie. I think I would just add to that. We've been really fortunate to have a female majority investor base, which is awesome. We have a lot of really awesome men who um, believed in our vision as well. But I think having that built-in investor base where like, if you have to make a difficult call or there are setbacks, um, in our case, manufacturing a, a product that is the first of its kind in a category that where generally products are white labeled has come with a lot of bumps in the road. And I think having really understanding investors, many of whom are women and who have been through that entrepreneurial journey themselves has been really, really beneficial. Who else has a question? I'm Lauren. I recently founded a business as well. I know that it can often feel like it's roadblock after roadblock. And as soon as you achieve a success, it's on to the next thing. But how do you guys take time to celebrate and thank the people around you and thank yourselves? That's a good one. That's vital. That's, that's vital. You know, women, we, I'll say me, I, I accomplish something and then it's like, okay, now. Okay, next. Okay, next. And I've gotten into the habit where I go, fucking yay. <laughs> And I like your boots, by the way. <laughs> so it could be as simple as, yay, me. Even if all you did was pick up the phone to call someone, you know, that before made your tummy quiver, that's still a yay, me. Celebrate yourself. Even if you get a no, celebrate that I spoke up, stood in my passion, stood in my power, spoke about the dynamic thing that I am doing, creating, providing, and offered it to someone, too bad for you, you didn't get it, but next. So, yeah, celebrate yourself. Yeah, and I, journal. I think celebrating the small victories is so important. I've always felt that throughout my career, but even more so now as, as a business owner. Early days, and Dottie, our head of membership, is here. We actually got a little chime, a little bell. Um, and when a new member would join, and especially early days, I mean, we, we didn't even have the club, and, and we, were, we had renderings, and people believed in us and wanted to be a member and were signing up for a year-long membership. And we would just celebrate. 
in the office with this little chime and it was just it was a little ritual but everyone got excited and it was, it was you know it was just a nice moment to pause and just celebrate I can't comment on this this is Molly Cora because I'm three and a half years into this business and I'm still I'm I'm still learning how to do this well. Maybe the one thing I would say is grant yourself time off when you feel like you have really hit a big milestone, like give yourself the space to like start the next cycle of whatever is coming, but step back, like take time, breathe and really just swim in it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing I'd add, I agree with everything that was shared, but I think what's helped me to celebrate the successes a little bit more is start reshaping in my own mind the setbacks or the failures to be learnings rather than rather than I don't know my recovering perfectionistic self would want to label it a, like a failure or oh my gosh every like the sky is falling so I think starting from a baseline of like everything is learning and then there's upside on top of that of business metrics or customer wins or things like that starts me out in a place where I don't I don't need those ups to even out the deficit if that makes sense. Yeah, there's so many roadblocks every day that if you don't define them as learning opportunities, you just feel like you're failing every yeah. single day. Constantly. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to reframe yeah. to survive. <laughs> Thank you. I was wondering how you all feel about wellness burnout. I think there's so much, which is wonderful, right? How many resources we have about all of the different ways in which we can be supporting ourselves that I know I personally get to the point where I'm like, I'm not doing any of it. Like, I I just, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to slow down and take the time to breathe. And I'm I'm not going to go meditate. And I just like, I just want to be left alone. And I just want to sit on my bed and watch television and eat whatever I want. How do you navigate, like, the constant, especially if you're interested in it, right? The, the constant barrage of, like, here's what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And, like, the bot- and then the human natural resistance to, like, stop telling me what to do. And, and feeling like no matter what you do, it's never going to be enough. There's always more you could do. Yeah. yeah, this is Julie. I'm happy to take that one first. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I think that there, there is, like, a very real diagnosis state known as orthorexia which is like well-intended excessive focus and fear of certain foods or labeling things as inherently good or bad and I think this is pervasive in our nutrition culture it's a bit reductionistic and it's really hard to live up to when I think when so many things are are viewed from that lens so I would say I think it's really important to take a step back and remember that fundamentally the goal of eating well or working out or sleeping is to f- to be happy and to feel nourished and to do the things that you love to do that aren't wellness like you know playing in the garden with your kids or helping out a sick family member when you need to or whatnot so I think it's really important to remember that remember or maybe redefine what is that ultimate goal it's not nutrition to hit macros or micros or to follow all of these rules it's really just to feel well how do you feel? How do you feel? Do you, do you feel enthusiastic? Do you feel inspired? Do you feel dull? How do you feel? And that feeling may be, well, I'm going to sit and binge watch on Netflix. Okay. 
Because if you listen and you're tuned into yourself enough, you'll know when to get up off of that couch <laughs> and when to go move yourself and to put down the ho-ho and pick up a, um, a green juice. And the key is to tune into yourself. As everyone on the panel is saying, you know yourself well. Wherever you are, you are there, right? So knowing yourself and being willing to listen. And if you get off of your meditation cushion for a week or two, okay, the sky won't fall. The purpose of all of this is to feel good, feel better. And so it's like moment by moment, what is going to make you feel better? And, you know, I'm not a nutritionist, but like I think something pretty cool does happen when you take a bite of that pizza like something there's something that feels really fucking good about that and so like you know it's not as long as it's not forever because or maybe it is if you feel good but like there will come a point like you said where I think it might not feel good and then you move on and you go back to the green juice and the meditation and the yoga and the running or whatever it is but I think it is so important to really be in touch with like I'm sitting here watching Netflix because I'm I'm tired. My body wants to be still. My body wants to to do nothing and think about nothing. And like that's I think that's okay too. And I think we just have this idea that we have to do it all at the same time and we just, we don't. If there's one thing that makes you feel good or that resonates and it's maybe you're meditating and then you're having pizza and a glass of wine, like that's fine too. It's sort of just what is that one thing or what is that goal that you have and just honing in there. Like you just, you don't have to do it all, take all the supplements and go run and go to yoga and meditate and, and then you just give up. I mean, Mm -hmm. for a while I was taking a lot of supplements and it just got overwhelming. And so I just completely fell off my supplement protocol. I was like, all right, let's go back to the three that I know that I really, really want to take. And then I started again. So it's like, I fell off, but you get back on. You know, it's just we we all have this mindset that we have to do it all at the exact same time, and we just don't. We have to give ourselves that. I kind of don't want this to stop, (laughs) but I will conclude with a few thoughts, which is that this podcast was started, yes, as a way to continue what I was doing, but it also was a little bit selfish. I wanted to have the conversations that. I wanted to have. (laughs) So it's been incredibly personally nourishing. Every single time I invite someone else to sit down with me for 30 minutes to 60 minutes to talk about their inspiration, their stories, their heartbreak, uh, their accomplishments, all of it. And every single time I come away with something that has nourished me, has moved me, has made me laugh. For some reason, it seems like the conversations I have, even though the public might hear it later, when I'm having it, it feels divinely the right time. So something that happens for me on on this podcast has been very organic and very beautiful and seems to be a place where I can really express my most full self. So I'm super grateful and this experience of having 
a group of interested people in the room and an amazing panel of beautiful, powerful women is just like, well, I guess my version of a fantasy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm deeply grateful. Thank you, Julie, Kathleen, Molly, and Sarah for being part of this with me. Thank you to this beautiful live audience. And for those that whenever we do share this episode soon, um, who are listening, I'm grateful that you're here and that I, I know that you're moved somehow by this conversation because I really feel there's something here for everyone. So until next time, and there will be a next time for another live one, stay tuned for that. Take care of yourself. Continue to nourish whatever part of you needs to be nourished and continue to go beyond in your unique way. Thank you.